up, everybody? Welcome into your Thursday edition, October 27th, of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We're back for our Around the NFL look, plus more with Jordan Zerm of Sporting News. Always look forward to this episode. A nice reprieve from the usual Browns banter. But of course, Jordan, we start the show with getting your pulse on the Browns. I like to do this sort of middle of the week before we move on to the thought of the next opponent, which it's a little weird because the next opponent will be on a Monday night, so we get an extra day of dragging this whole thing out. You know, the agony that's typically involved in uh, Browns football, we drag it into a Monday. So this game had potential, had they won last week, to be really exciting on on, tr- on truly October 31st, Halloween night. But, but you know, still maybe the Browns fans rally and show up and come with enthusiasm. But as we were talking about off-air, man, the pulse of excitement around this team is, it's got to be at a really... It's got to be at a low for a duration. I'm not. I'm not sure if it was ever this low last year because they were a little bit more hanging around. But they're pushing the limits here, right? Yeah, man. It's. Uh, it feels like the sort of what we're used to. You know, pre the drafting of Baker Mayfield and over this kind of four or five year span, where really they've played some, if not always good, uh, at least entertaining football. Um, yeah, I was um, on Sunday. We were just talking about this. I, you know, I was. I just got back to LA um, today, or you know, when you listen to this yesterday on uh, on Wednesday. Um, but on on Sunday, I was still in Cleveland, and I I went downtown with some friends uh, to watch the game. Something I haven't been able to do in in a long time, so I was excited for it. Like I haven't gotten to watch the Browns with with my people, with my people in Cleveland. You know, since I moved to LA, so um, was really looking forward to that. And, downtown was just quiet, man. And it was an away game, you know? So I think for, for their home games, it's still probably a better atmosphere, but I just got the sense that like people just weren't all that interested Um, in the game. There just wasn't even where I was watching it. Like, I mean, obviously the game didn't lend itself to a ton of excitement outside of um, that first quarter. And then, you know, really until JOK punched that ball out and they had a chance to sort of drive down and, and either tie it or try to win it. And we don't need to rediscuss what happened on that final drive. But um, yeah, it was just like so muted, man. Like people just sort of resigned to, to the fact, even when they got the turnover, it just, you know, there was a, a level of sort of nervousness in the people at the bar I was at. And it, it just didn't feel like the sort of the atmosphere that's been around the Browns for the past, you know, four or five seasons. It really felt like, what it felt like to watch Browns games prior to that and sort of the Hugh Jackson era and all the, the horrors of, of that, but also just sort of the disinterest. So I was really kind of surprised by that um, because it is, it is still fairly early. I mean, I, you know, they're at two and five now and, you know, things are sort of slipping away. So, um, but it, you know, it was against the Ravens, a division game and, you know, they were in it for most of it. So yeah, I was just, I was surprised by that. And honestly, man, you know, this is a, a separate conversation too, but I think the, the Cavs are just going to take, they're going to pounce on that energy and that, that disinterest. And that was the night of the home opener. And part of the reason I was downtown was because I was going, I had tickets to the Caps home opener. And, and so the atmosphere got lively for that, you know, post Browns game, but you know, there's a, there's a bit of a, a vacuum that I think the Cavs are going to fill um, if they, you know, if the Browns have another disappointing result on Monday. And yeah, I think that you use the word teetering. This thing is definitely teetering on, full disinterest. Um, and I thought that was pretty interesting being in downtown Cleveland and sort of, um, just seeing the, the muted reaction and, and really not much of a, a, 
a festivus, uh, not, that's not the right word, but a, a, a jovial atmosphere. Maybe festivus is the right term. People just airing their grievances, uh, while watching the Browns. So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely different and, uh, not exactly what I expected, but I think that's kind of where the fan base is at right now. It's, it's dicey. I, I don't really know what other way to say it than that. And there's nothing that, you know, there's nothing that can really come of it. We are, we are where it is, you know, there's nothing, uh, I mean, I don't know if they can drive. I think people that were on the brink of being driven away by this team were already driven away. Let me put it that way. Like that's yep. sort of my hunch on people that were ready to be done. were done. But, you know, you're looking to to give some of these fans who have stuck around through a lot of different and difficult decisions a reason to be happy. And, you know, I think I had mentioned this yesterday, Jordan, but I think the root of the run the ball crowd is is just being frustrated with losing and wanting to find some simple reason for why the losing is happening. Like, yeah, you know, I, that's, that's it. And I, it's carrying over. And like, I, like the teetering thing, man is, is very real that it's going to get nasty around the, and I mean, nasty around the people who ask questions up there. I see all of it happening right now and I, they need a win in the worst way. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I, I mean, I think you and I are probably both pretty frustrated by the by the run the ball discourse that that is happening now on a, a daily basis. And um, but I, I do think it is a fair point that you know when you are two and five and you're struggling in games in a lot of games that are are pretty winnable and have not been won. There's always going to be the it's usually the easiest, simplest explanation is the one that people love to sort of glob onto and and right and that became the run the ball stuff and it, it has really taken on of a life of its own i i tweeted this i think i quote tweeted your tweet to tell this story but at the bar i was at um they had a third and six and I, it was in the second half and i forget which quarter it was it might have been the fourth but uh, <laughs> and they dropped back to pass because you know it's third and six as you usually do on a on a down and distance of that nature and this guy next to me, I mean, now granted, who knows how many high noons this individual had had uh, at that point in the day, but he, uh, he yelled, why would you, why would you pass there? Uh, and I just, I didn't say anything. I just sort of was like, so it is, this narrative has found its way and this is what's happening. It was just such yeah. a, I just couldn't help but laugh. But I, I do think it is fair um, that people are frustrated. They see, you know, Nick, Nick Chubb's yards per carry. They see him not getting the ball as, as many times as they personally would want. And they, they kind of glean onto that. Uh, and it's really taken on a life of its own, but it is because of the losing, you know, they're winning games and there's not a conversation about the Nick Chubb carries per game. Um, and, and some of these bad faith arguments that I see happening on Twitter, but um, you know, this is what happens when you lose, man, we're used to it. Like these are the conversations that happen when you lose uh, and it's frustrating, but it is sort of just the result of, of what's going on. It's a result of a little car alarm in the background there, too. Yeah, that's man. You know, I, that's um, how life goes. That's actually me. I'm I'm sort of just breaking into various cars around <laughs> to seeing if there's stuff in them. Uh, but, you know, uh, I like to do that when I when I get back to L.A. sometimes. So this one had an alarm, unfortunately. So just, uh, don't mind yeah. me. It's an amazing level of calm in that moment to uh, <laughs> be able to just just parse out your thoughts like that without a change in voice at all um it's why they pay them big bucks jake that's why they do it <laughs> i'm with it man hey well well you know i don't the third and sixth thing is funny it's funny but it's probably more sad than funny because there are a lot it's, it's again depressing. It, yes, it's, it's depressing. depressing that guy's opinion is not alone like 
the the thing that people want to believe is that the easy answer to everything is just give the ball to Nick Chubb and it'll work itself out. You cannot fathom a world in which giving this guy the ball doesn't result in the yards you would want. And I get it. Like, I'm not trying to be like finger pointing in the corner, laughing at these people. I, I, I understand you just want to, you just want to believe that your team is good enough to get it done. And I do think there's enough talent to get it done, but you have to throw it. You have to throw it. And you, you know, the, the examples that keep coming up where people are pointing at these teams that have a quarterback run uh, runner talking, talking Baltimore. And then you're talking, you know, watching Chicago because that game of course was the game on national TV that the Browns had just lost to the Patriots. It's like they ran it 45 times. Well, yeah. Hey man, did you see how many design quarterback runs they had in there too? So, I, I mean, we've talked about this enough on this pod. I just, I just do find it sort of interesting um, that the pulse around this thing is at its worst level, in my opinion, largely because people just want to win and they're trying to find a way to make it simple for how to win, right? That's what they want to do. So um, yep. we've hit on the Browns, man. We've, we've talked about it enough. Uh, going to move on. We'll start to shift our thought process towards the Bengals, which is going to be a daunting task the way their offense is playing right now. But we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back from the break, we will jump in and talk uh, a little around the NFL as we like to do, because boy, there are some good topics going on around the NFL. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. All right, Jordan, I don't know if you've ever... (laughs) There's this account. I cannot... I don't want to look it up because I'm being lazy, but... This guy who has portrayed himself as an every guy beat writer. It's the funniest account because he'll tweet the dumbest things and people go and latch onto them and believe them. And like if if you wanted a lot of them was a lot of the, the quotes were tied to like Baker Mayfield saying something. It was pretty funny in the moment of, of when he was leaving the team and joining Carolina. Now we're gonna talk about that situation, which has gone to a really dark place for for Baker and Carolina, but <laughs> But this this account could tweet the funniest things that weren't true, but people would love to latch onto him. And I saw this tweet about Russell Wilson on the flight to London, and I just couldn't. I, I was laughing so hard. It was something about like 
in order to keep his, I think he's got the lower back issue, right? So in order to keep the lower back from tightening up, he was doing like high knees down the middle of the plane aisle and, and trying to keep his, uh, keep his back loose that way or something like while other guys are passed out sleeping on this 15 hour flight to London, there's Russell Wilson just doing straight up high knees down the middle of the plane. Like I couldn't believe it was real. I had to read it four or five times just to make sure it was, and it still might not be real. I don't know. It's utterly hilarious, but again, I, I don't, I don't know how many of you guys out there are, are, are listeners of Bill Simmons and, and I've just read and, and have read and listened to his stuff for a long time. It's kind of what got me interested in all of this sports covering to begin with they talk about the tyson zone are you familiar with that uh that 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 uh, uh, i don't know if i know the uh i don't know if i know the tyson zone uh, uh theory if you would like to uh expound on that very quickly peak mike tyson any piece of news that came out about mike tyson fake or real you couldn't tell it was his life was so bizarre that anything <laughs> you were told about mike tyson you probably just believed it because this guy was doing the weirdest stuff imaginable so i think the tyson zone with Russell Wilson is in play that you could, you could, you could send that tweet. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, I could see that guy doing high knees down the middle of the plane aisle and just pissing off 70 different players simultaneously. But man, he provides content that is so fantastic. And like, you got to look at the, you got to look at the, 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 the Broncos are in one of the worst positions. Like I I can't stop laughing. They just gave this guy, They just gave him a huge contract that's pretty much guaranteed for three years after this year. And they're talking about like, hey, we're going to Jerry Judy's on the market and Bradley Chubb's on the market. Like, is there a is there a uglier long term outlook right now than what's going on in Denver in terms of, oh, God, we're tied to this for this duration. And it is so cringeworthy when it's not working with this guy. And how do we get people to even want to come here, et cetera, et cetera. I can't believe where we're at with it. It's comedy gold, though. It, it is. I mean, I think the first time we did this podcast together this year, we talked about like how much content Russell is providing every week. And I, I just, I can't imagine like, say you're Jerry Judy and you're, you're sitting in the plane, you know, maybe you're taking a nice nap or, or you're at least trying to, it's a long flight. Like watching the, horrible bosses, something like that. Yeah. Right? Like watching some, some movie that you downloaded um, and, and you're just getting into it. And all of a sudden, like out of your peripherals, you these knees are just going flying by your face. And <laughs> man, that's the type of thing where honestly, like if I'm, if I'm Jerry Judy, if I'm somebody on that team that's been there, if I'm like Bradley Chubb, you know, I just want to be like, hey, man, give it a rest. Oh, <laughs> you know, down. hey, take a seat, man. Like, this is this is not the time or the place, man. Like, it's just you're not playing like just take a seat. And it's just I, I think it would get to a point where. It, it feels performative, but the thing like you and I have discussed, like you, you just don't know if it actually is. And it's just this thing where, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just think if I was on that team and I saw this dude come flying down the aisle with his knees up, I might, you know, I might stick a limb out, but you know, it just might be like, I, I can't, I can't do it anymore, man. I, and I think you're right, man. It already feels like it's over. Doesn't it? Like they're not going to, I don't see them just all of a sudden clicking on offense. And I, and I don't see like Nathaniel Hackett becoming a viable head coach out of the blue. Like it feels like this experiment, you know, whether fair or not, like already feels like it's hit a point of no return and they're going to be, who knows what's going to happen, but you know, they get to showcase themselves to a, to a London audience at, at nine 30 in the morning. Like, 
I, I don't know, man, but I just, I, I, I'm with you. I had to click that tweet and make sure like that was a real reporter or somebody purporting himself to be a real reporter because that one was the most ridiculous thing outside of him saying that he had Wolverine blood earlier in the week, which I also had to check to make sure was a real quote because this is how absurd it's getting. So uh, that's, what, I, and they're, that's and they're like Cleveland at, too. They're like Cleveland too, where they don't have a first round pick. So they're, it's like that's a hard part. So much of NFL fan base stuff is tied to optimism or or outlook or the the thought that this could get better in the future. <laughs> it's like, oh man, the quotes, the Wolverine blood. I even forgot about that. It oh, God, it's we that was only just a few can, days ago, Jake. It's hard to keep oh up with, man. God. He's going we a gotta, mile a minute. We got to keep doing a Russ segment. Just to, the weekly we Russell Wilson update. So you got it there. All right, cool. So now we're going to talk about. A team that was, you know, I, I always kind of thought the Colts had their shit together, for lack of a better phrase. Like, I always thought yeah. Ballard had it figured out, and Frank Reich liked him, thought he always got the most out, seemed like he got the most out of his guys, and they have reached, I've, I follow some Colts people, and there are people that want them both gone. And that is tied to the fact that they have brought in Matt Ryan. It has failed epically, uh, really badly, to the point that some people have accused point shaving. Uh, it is that bad <laughs> and they um, are starting Sam Ellinger. Yeah. Hey, uh, what, what was this Texas phrase? Hey, Texas, we're, we're like, we're back. I can't remember. Oh, the yeah. The corniest like, yeah, thing in the Texas world. Texas is back. Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really cringeworthy. And then they ended up next year going like seven and six or six and seven. Mm-hmm. But um, they're going to start him the rest of the year. But I also think that's the best decision for this situation because they're an example of a team that always okay you want you want to get mad at a teardown right you want to get mad at a teardown you want to get you always want your team to compete right there's people that talk about this all the time your team needs to compete well that's what the Colts kept trying to do after the Andrew Luck thing happened and god I understand that would send your especially the timing at which it happened right before a season it has the means to just destroy a franchise so I totally empathize with that but that is now like four years ago and what they kept trying to do was put a band-aid over it and solve it and keep the shit moving with non like long-term viable options. Russell, uh, so so I, I think they started Jacoby for a year. Then they brought in Phil Rivers uh, on the fringe of retirement. Then they bring in, um, you know, and I give them a little credit because Carson Wentz was, this was the, was this the first Carson Wentz trade? It was. So there was a shot that it this was, guy yep. could work out. So I don't mind that stab uh, that they took there, but you know, Matt Ryan, I think in, a lot of people in Cleveland would have been happy if they'd have gone that route, but it feels like they have just punted on the on the on the on the long-term quarterback position so long that it has worn their fan base out and they're really, you know, they're on the fringe of 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 dangerous territory again because they're going to win 7 or 8 games and they're not going to have a chance at a quarterback that's going to matter in the upcoming draft. So there are people that want to push them out and I think this is just an example of when you suck you really need to suck bad. And it's sometimes not even just sucking bad. I've said this, but it's being it's being bad at the right time. You know, you needed yep. to be the Browns needed to be bad at the right time that Josh Allen was coming out. But with Josh Allen also putting together enough film to make you feel like he could be what he's become. Right. That's what you needed. Didn't happen. So you'd let you leaned into Baker Mayfield. You, you know, the Bengals, they're bad at the just the perfect time. They're perfect time to get Joe Burrow. You got to be bad. At the right time. The Colts were originally bad at the right time. Pretty tough pill to swallow because they went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. So you could say this is some down the line karma for all that that they fell into. But they're just an example of like, and I think Pittsburgh's going to be walking this dangerous line too, where 
I just don't think Kenny Pickett's that good. And then, you know, they kind of, in my opinion, it's a great time to believe that Pittsburgh spends two or three years figuring out the quarterback they have isn't it, right? Like, that's the great outcome because they're never really that good. So, I don't know. Colts are just a weird example. But I do think they're doing the right thing by not putting Nick Foles out there and saying, we're going to play this young guy, Ellinger, and, and ride it out. And if you lose 10 straight games, it sucks. But you've got a chance to maybe get Stroud or Bryce Young or Levis or whoever ends up being QB1 in this class, which I have not dug into. So, I don't know. It sucks, but if I were a Colts fan and they started Ellinger, I'd be like, okay, that's what we have to do. We have to swallow our pride a bit here and do it. So the Colts are an example, and you have a couple others as well that should be considering this right now. Maybe Atlanta, right? Yeah, no, I mean, Atlanta, I'm I'm not sure, you know, they just get absolutely, I mean, their defense is horrendous. Their their offense has not been um, terrible by any means. And and you and I talked about that uh, the week before the Browns played them. but you know, it's just like, what is the, what is the benefit of playing Marcus Mariota at this point? Um, you know, you're not going to make the playoffs. You're you're not good enough. Um, you've got Desmond Ritter, and you know, I, I I've never fully subscribed to the like sit a sit a rookie for an entire year just to to sit him and have him learn. Like I've never fully bought into that. That is that is more beneficial than playing a guy. Um, and I and I think. The thing with Atlanta too is like they they sort of have an offensive infrastructure that should be, you know, beneficial to him and should at least not ask him to do a billion different things. And there's not a ton of expectations. You've got some weapons there. Um, you've got a decent running game that they've put together. And uh, so I think like with Atlanta, I just like I, at this point, I don't know why you would continue to play Mariota. And um, you know, I think you just got to put you know Ritter out there and and play and see if he's got it. And because that's the thing, like that's what all this stuff points to is like, you just need to know whether somebody has it because so many of these teams, man, just waste time on guys. Like I I think about, and I think you and I might touch on this here in a bit, but it's like with Daniel Jones in in New York, like, is that a guy that even as they, they sort of have been playing well um, and you know, what are they five, five and one, five and two, whatever they are, like six and one. Yeah, it's six and one. It it is unbelievable. Um, and you know he's he's done some stuff with his legs, but like as a passer, is Daniel Jones a guy that is going to take you above just being happy that you're that you're six and one at this point in the season? And like, it's just I I don't I think there it's a double edged sword because you don't want to give up on a guy too quick, but at the same time, I do think there's like enough information that you can have about some of these quarterbacks where. Like to the Colts credit right now, they're just like that, like Matt Ryan might be done uh, or he's at least done in this version of our offense because it is brutal and, and they're moving on from it in, in a draft that, yes, like you mentioned, it's going to have a lot of good young QBs, at least on paper um, coming out of college. So, you know, there's a Giants, but then you also like, you know, you look at Marietta, who who I would imagine probably won't finish out the season and they will get a look at Ritter as they probably continue to lose games. But then like you just look at, I mean, the Panthers are the shining example of this, even even worse than the Colts, I think, because you you just look at there is a good piece by uh, Jeremy Fowler today, I believe, that you know was just looking at sort of Matt Rule's tenure there and the quarterbacks and and what they tried to do at the quarterback position, and I mean to to be and shout out to PJ Walker who who played his ass off last week and threw some really nice balls against a disinterested Buccaneers team, but like the the Darnold thing. The, the guaranteeing that the, that 18 million on his deal 
after they, you know, that, that extra year after they traded for him, just, just maybe one of the worst front office moves I think I've in recent history that I can remember. And then sort of just doing, you know, they got Baker to, um, you know, accept them paying a little bit, you know, less guaranteed in his contract. So, you know, that they can make that trade, but they didn't have any other options because they had sort of struck out with everybody else. Um, but that's just, you know, you just had to know for them to even think that like Baker would come in and, and be not just like an average quarterback, but there was a quote in that article from a source, I think that was saying that like rule thought Baker was going to come in and, and stabilize the quarterback position. And that's just an insane thing to think after the year that he had last season. Like, I don't care if you're how high on him you are. Like, you can't just think that he he was going to walk in there and all of a sudden your offense was going to be a top five offense in the league or something. So you just look at some of these franchises and it, and it really like, I mean, it, it as we know, it is hard to find a quarterback, but some of the decisions that some of these franchises make um, from the Panthers to, to even, you know, the Colts to a lesser degree, but they've ended up in the same place where they're just like, what do we do? We don't have, we do not have a quarterback. We've spent money in draft picks on quarterbacks that have not worked out. And it is, it's tough, man. It's tough to see, but those are some of the teams that are just in, they're in no man's land with a quarterback right now. And that is absolutely the worst place you could be. It's the worst place you could be, man. It is the, and I, and we've been there. We've, we've toiled in it. We've, we have been there. And it, and it pushes you to the brink of making decisions. Like you want to know why would the Browns or these other franchises risk this for, for Deshaun Watson? It's in fr- it's playing out in front of your face. Like, you only get one shot to do this stuff. It's very rare that a GM or a young coach is hired again. Now, Kevin might have an outside shot because he won a coach of the year, and if the Browns pull the plug too soon, some team might be like, okay, after he he handles some OC duties for a year, it'd be like, yeah, we want that guy. You know, I get it, but it's rare. It's rare. So, like, when you get one of these, you fight like hell to to keep it and figure it out because you just never know when you're guaranteed to get the next one. So – if at all. So that's why these teams go crazy for quarterbacks. That's why these teams make the decisions that you're sitting here seeing. And, and you, you you know, you can get mad. I come again. I completely get it. I understood why people left because of it, but it, it is, a, it's a business where you, you don't know when one of these 32 are going to be open and you don't know if you're ever going to have a chance to, to be one of the 32 again. So um, that's what drives it. That's what drives it. And you can you can you can try to get lucky. You can try to to walk into Josh Allen at pick seven, or you can try to walk into what Jalen Hurts is doing as a second round pick. But that just doesn't happen very often. It really doesn't. So teams get crazy. They make these decisions. They 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 you know the Watson decision, or they or they pass on a certain uh, quarterback that's of a level to try to chase the next level up. It's it's everything. It's everything and. Um, the NFL is, is a, it's a, it's for lack of, it's just a bitch. It's hard and quarterbacks drive so much. And there's a couple little things off of this as we keep going, like the Ravens offense. Okay. Well, what? Okay. I don't even know what to say. What the hell is it? They're, (laughs) they're so weird. They're so weird. Like, how can you, as a Ravens fan, I love Lamar. He can do the stuff that a lot, no, it's not going to always be as great. Maybe the traditional drop back stuff, like, it's not going to always be as great, but he can do a lot of the things that you're asking a lot of NFL quarterbacks around the league to do. You cannot, you you can't watch what the Ravens do on offense, especially this past Sunday, where they have, you know, Patrick Ricard seems like a nice fella. He's a huge dude. He does some some good block. 
that offense is never winning a Super Bowl. There's not a singular chance in my mind that that offense wins a Super Bowl. They threw for 94 net passing yards on Cleveland. Now, congrats. They won. It worked out. But the Browns are a mess. And like this, that version, how they operate is never. And I'll put a lot. I'd put money on it with anybody. If Greg Roman is the OC of the of the Baltimore Ravens, they are never winning a Super Bowl. So I am left with this curious thought of, do the Ravens not really believe in Lamar? Like, do they really not believe in this guy? Because to keep trotting out this offense that limits all of his decision making, that takes the game out of his hands a lot, and and and, and they run this 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 like dressed up high school offense. It's really that. It's power counter read option and some very simple throws. Very simple. And it's like. If I was a Ravens fan, I'd be pissed because what I need to know is can Lamar run an actual NFL offense before we pay this guy? Because he's fun. There's a lot of things to love about Lamar Jackson, but they're treating him like he can't do it. So I think that they're, I don't think they value him, Jordan. I've kind of come to the point that I don't think they believe in the guy. I, I don't know what other way yeah, to say it. I, I don't either. I mean, the contract stuff has been been really weird. Um, it's been weird the whole time because he seems just like a no brainer of a guy that you would give a large extension to, and they've really dragged it out. It's also like part of me feels too, Jake. Like you know, when he won the MVP, I wonder if like especially with Greg Roman, where he just got so sort of excited by what they did with that offense that year that he was just like, well. Like, I, this is what this is just what we're going to do. This is how we're going to tailor the offense. And as defenses started to adjust a little bit and their passing offense sort of, you know, they making them throw a little bit more and adjusting to all the run stuff that they do. Like, and there's just been no adjustments from Greg Roman. And it's all it, it's almost like, I mean, it's sort of sputtered out a little bit in San Francisco, too, with uh, um Colin Kaepernick, like a very similar thing where like it it works incredibly well for a couple years. And then a lot of film gets put out there. There's adjustments made. And it's almost like Greg Roman's counter adjustments are, are not really happening. And it was really sort of stunning to watch, especially early, like in that first quarter where Lamar would drop back on passing situations, couldn't find anyone downfield. Nobody was open. And the Browns were able to wrap him up instead of him scrambling for what, you know, we sometimes get nervous, like, oh, my God, he's going to run for a 30-yard gain. Now, he did it a couple times, but they got some sacks in early. And they brought him down and they, and they made them play from behind the sticks. And it was just really like jarring to watch that, to watch Lamar try to go through his, uh, through all his reads and, and all his progressions. And there's just nothing there. And then he can't even, he can't even escape the pocket. Like there were some really jarring possessions for them early on in that game. Um, and, and I think you're right. I don't know if it's, if it's, they don't believe in him. I just, but the contract stuff makes me like feel like that there, there's some validity to that, but it's also just like, is there any adjustment in what the Ravens are doing offensively once the league sort of got a handle on all of the sort of ground game and, and read option and running stuff they were doing? Because it certainly doesn't seem so. And they certainly, outside of Mark Andrews, have not invested in the receiving core whatsoever. I mean, they're still trotting out a group of receivers that, you know, probably aren't starting a lot of other places. Um, no, they're signing like Deshaun. Bateman. Yeah, like, yeah, they're just signing a over the hill and washed up Deshaun Jackson for reasons that are unknown. Like it just is so it is so odd what their plan is at the skill positions outside of Mark Andrews. Yeah, they get Bateman, who I like into the first round guy. Uh, a lot of people liked thought that the Browns could take him instead of um, Newsom. But like 
he's hurt a lot of his rookie year. And then you think in the off season, and I'm not the biggest Hollywood Brown fan by any stretch, but like, yeah, our, their thought is let's trade this guy. Let's get nothing back at receiver. Let's trade him. Let's take a center with that pick. And like, you're going to solve receiver later. Like what's your plan? I, I don't, I just don't know. And their offense was, I was laughing at times the way they structured this thing and how to me, it's structured around a guy that you don't think can throw the ball. You just don't think can throw it. And I, I, I would be really uneasy as a Ravens fan because we talk all the time about there were, you know, when you eventually come to the idea of this is just never going to result. Like I got there with the Browns current uh, last quarterback situation where I'm like, they can, they can win some games. Like the Ravens will win some games. They're going to win plenty of games, but they're never going to be serious. They're never going yeah. to be a serious Super Bowl contender the way they're going at it. And I would be pissed if I was a Baltimore fan because what I want to know is, can we ever be a super like Super Bowl caliber offense? It's not happening in this form. So as much as every everybody's always concerned about the Ravens, and I fully get it. Like I, I I'm I'm always never I'm, put this. I never like playing Lamar Jackson. I actually hate it. I hate it. But <laughs> if their current offensive coordinator stays, I will never take them that serious. I just won't. So. Uh, harsh maybe, but I, I just, that's how I feel about Greg Roman. I don't see, like, I can't see that version of an offense in the Super Bowl and be like, oh man, there goes Patrick Ricard again, slow little motion, kicking out power. Here we go. <laughs> like that's not yeah. it. That's not it. And I, I just can't believe they're trotting it out there and people feel good about it. But um, yeah, man, that's, that's one like, and I want to kind of close with this because your thoughts were great on that. And I feel like we've talked about the weirdness of the NFL this year, right? A lot. We've talked about how unpredictable it is. And, you know, when the Browns play and they lose and you, I just need to get away. Like I was raking leaves on Sunday. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> it was the stupidest decision. Cause not three days later, the leaves have been replaced by more falling leaves, but neither here nor there, but there's just weird outcomes and the weird outcome games. Like we need to highlight them like Panthers 21, three, you already talked about, you know, the situation with, with PJ Walker and, what the hell? Like, what the hell, man? 21-3, the uh, Panthers beat the Bucks, And then the Commanders beat the Packers. And it's like, again, what the hell? This makes no sense. It makes no sense yeah. at all. And then Those you've got, the you've got another... Uh, Seahawks Chargers. Seahawks must just, like, what What the hell? This doesn't make any sense, man. It doesn't make any sense. Um, then you've got another wonderful Aaron Rodgers quote where he's talking about, you know, if guys aren't, if guys keep making the mistakes, maybe they shouldn't play. Uh, yeah. Another just wonderful quote from Aaron that I'm sure will only increase team morale and make all his young receivers really, in, you know, really endear himself to them. Like, I'm sure they love that guy. So a lot of good stuff coming out from Aaron. It, it is, we did a, <laughs> we did a, we had some fun uh, at Sporting News. We made a graphic with, uh, um, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, and we made them look like very old people. And we sort of had a little bit of fun saying, you know, is the, is father time catching up to these guys? But like, part of it is too, man, you look at, you look at some of the screenshots of Tom Brady and his press conference after that game, just looks miserable. Like oh, he yeah. just looks like he would rather be literally anywhere else. And you and I have, we've obviously touched on what's going on in the personal life and that will, that will drain anyone. And I have absolutely no doubt that, the stuff in his personal life is, is taking a bit of a toll, but it also just looks like every time he steps out on that field, especially losing that badly to a Carolina team that literally just traded away their best, their best and maybe only productive offensive player. And they're playing a former XFL quarterback and you're just getting rocked. 
Like he just looks like he would like to lie down and be cryogenically frozen and maybe like try it again in another like 20, 30 years, just like release him from his, his frozen chamber and let him try again. Like he looks so miserable and every week it is like the thing with, like with Aaron Rodgers, I, we've talked about this, like I'm kind of enjoying it because I think like he's, his sort of arrogance and dickishness has really gone to another level over these last couple of years. And now I'm watching him throw like his rookie wide receivers under the bus uh, because the team's not playing well. So that's great. But like with Tom, it just looks like maybe he just doesn't, maybe he really just doesn't have the passion for it at this moment, because I don't know how else you explain 21 to three to that Carolina Panthers team. I just don't, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's wild. It's wild. I, I was, I was glad you threw out the Aaron Rodgers quote. Cause I was going to start doing the, uh, grumpy old quarterback quote of the week and letting you pick one, which one it is. <laughs> now we lost Matt Ryan, so we don't have Matt Ryan quotes uh, we did. Uh, to have anymore, but you know, I guess Tannehill's probably pushing that threshold. Andy Dalton could be thrown in the lane in the group. Um, but as far as our really old quarterbacks go, yeah, the quote was guys who are were make, guys are making too many mistakes. Shouldn't be playing. Got to start cutting some reps. Maybe guys who are playing who aren't playing, maybe give them a chance. I again had to see if that was a real quote. Couldn't, and I couldn't believe it. Um, but they're teetering, and, and there's just a weird outcome of the week, and we need to sort of, I think, always look at the weird outcomes of the week because when I stepped back inside and sort of got my mind back into football mode Sunday night, I could not believe that Carolina score. And then I was like, oh, Green Bay, who, who jumped out early, I'm sure they won by a couple times. Nope, they lost to uh, Taylor Heineke and the, and the commander. So, um, yeah, that's it. Let, let's, let's take one more break, and then we'll come back, and then there's one topic I want to hit on, and then we want to look forward at the next week and see – um, you know, which teams, which games matter and which games are just teams that we think are eliminated. So we'll be right back after this short break. I'd be remiss if I didn't get your opinion on this referee tunnel signature thing. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Now, originally when I posted that, uh, reposted with what, what somebody, I'm sure you guys posted something at some point quickly on this, but uh, someone had said like, well, you ha- there's a captain has to sign the sign something like I was like, like a golf scorecard or something like I guess I've never heard of that, but that's possible. You don't want to just throw the the hammer at the official until you understand like the scope of it. Right. But um, it it's a bad look. It's a really bad look. And, and the NFL is hilarious. We investigated it. Didn't find any wrongdoing. Yeah. OK, got it. Sure. You guys didn't find <laughs> any wrongdoing. Um the, the the nature of the ridiculousness of the NFL's punishment stuff is just it's just hilarious and but they can't do anything. What are we gonna, people going to stop watching the product? Like they just have you wherever they want to have you. But anyway, like to think that an official, you know, because if this guy has got I I don't know I don't know any more of the backstory. Maybe his kid is a gigantic his grandson's a gigantic Mike Evans fan or or anything could be anything. He's a Texas A and M alumni and just really wanted to get his autograph for his his man cave. It could be anything. But to think like this guy might not have thrown a flag because, hey, I really want to get Mike Evans autograph or what you can see where I'm going with this. It's just crazy that this is something that an official would be brazen enough to do in a spot that is public. Now, like sending a ball boy into the locker room and saying, hey, man, line judge, big fan of yours. Would you sign this for him? Sneaky. Right? This guy just goes up to him right in front of like no care in the world and does that. I couldn't believe it, man. Would you what is your takeaway from it? Yeah, it is. It is why I think that's the biggest takeaway is like that the ref just whatever it was. And I, you know, I think there was a report that came out that 
he yeah that with the golf thing that was involved like they he was a texas they both went to texas a&m obviously not at the same time but he just wanted to like get some like a tip on a golf thing or like whatever it was i don't know some insane thing it literally whatever it was even if it was some like harmless thing that wasn't an autograph or, or whatever it was like why would you do it in the tunnel when like that's where all the phones and cameras are is at the end of games like when players are walking off the field like that's what people are capturing and like this ref like hurrying his way to catch up with Mike Evans while he's still in the view of all these people is insane. Like to your point, like just send somebody to the locker room or like do it like way after the game in the parking lot or something. I don't know, man, like don't run after him. Like you're a a 15 year old at your first NFL game. Like that is just so bad. So yeah, to your point though, man, it's like, that's the issue. People aren't going to stop watching because of any of these things. Um, no matter how bad or how, you know, on a scale of like awfulness, this is fairly low. We put up with a lot of horrible things in the NFL, but like, that's the other thing. It is such a ridiculous league and so many ridiculous things happens. And Roger Goodell and all these other people at the top just kind of shrug their shoulders and give out punishments that don't make sense in any of this stuff because they're just like, well, I mean, we're making billions upon billions of dollars and we have the highest ratings of any sport and it's not even close, like all this stuff. And so you just see this ridiculous stuff and then they have the audacity to be like, ah, there was nothing. Uh, Don't worry about it. You know, you'll forget about it by next week, which we probably will. Like something else ridiculous will happen. Like Devontae Adams may kick another cameraman in the face by next week. We don't know what's going to happen. So (laughs) it's just like, it feels like every week, whether it's Russell Wilson, whether it's, yeah, the stuff with Devontae Adams, it's a ref asking a grown man for his autograph. It's just like, what is going on on a week-to-week basis in the NFL? But it's all part of it, man. And they they just sell their products and, and we eat it up. And so they don't really have to worry about stuff like this. And uh, I get it. But yeah, man, like refs, people already don't like you. Like just as a, a principle. They don't believe in you, know? you right? They don't believe yeah. in you. They don't believe in you. So then when you do stuff like this, it's like, oh, man. You know, you're you're just making it so, so much worse to all of the people who believe that refs have sort of inherent bias and are affected by crowds and players and all of that stuff. And then you see a video like this and you're like, well, OK, I'm of course they do. Like, wow, it's just right there in front of you. So, yeah, man, he's got to he's got to learn to just wait. If you're going to do something weird, you know, just just wait, just wait till later on. Don't do it in the tunnel. Don't do it in the tunnel. I like I like the. uh I just like the thought that hey, they the, the th- imagine if this official was doing the Browns game and he didn't throw that flag on Amari. Like if you watch the push off situation, which it was a push off, the ref yeah. that was right there in front of it didn't throw the flag. There was the two. Yeah. It was the middle field uh, official um, and the one running up behind the right sideline through the flag. So imagine like. They review this game. People are watching it, and they're like, "Wait, is that the official that didn't throw the flag there?" Like, you you get where I'm going. Like, this is it's dangerous territory, and it's so funny to think that first of all, for an official not to have any fear, is there were multiple officials there. It's not like it was just the one guy. Oh yeah, like, yeah, it was like he was handing whole, the call to the other guy. Oh, it was bananas. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't. It's bad. That's a really bad look uh, all across the board there. Um, so. We're going to switch and look at week eight. I, I'll have you pull up the schedule. I didn't tell you to do this, but pull up the schedule if you can. Because um, right, what I want to do is look at and pick our two weird outcome games that make no sense every week. Because it's just oh, where I we're like at it. in the NFL. So each of us are going to pick two. 
what the hell outcomes and see if we're right and see if we're close. Um, All right, I've got it pulled. Go I've got it pulled up. All right. Okay, I'll go first. Man, there's three games I'm eyeing, and I'm trying to decide which ones I want to pick. I think Browns Bengals has potential. It has potential on Monday night to be a what the hell. I think the Browns are kind of due to just put together a game. I just think they're due to put together a game. They have not played complimentary football all season. And then sometimes out of nowhere, a team will just play great defense one night and put it all together on offense. This game Monday, Bengals are coming in hot. Joe Burrow just threw for like 500 yards last week. It has a chance, in my opinion, it's up there on the what the hell type outcome. Um, so I'm putting Browns Bengals in mind. I have three others that I'm eyeing in the, in the, in the sake of like, I want to see if mine are different than yours. I'm going to let you go with your first one now. Okay. I, upon first glance, and maybe this is some recency bias, but like I could absolutely see the bears feeling Uh themselves. They just Uh played, you know, by far their best game of the season. I could see them because Dallas did not, I mean, Dallas did not play very well last week. Now I know it was Dak's first game back, but like this just sort of continues a pattern of the two games they played with Dak. They have looked very pedestrian. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I could absolutely see like Justin Fields getting some confidence. He got into a rhythm in the second half of that game. Hundred percent could see Chicago like rolling in there and beating them. Like I don't know, like twenty one to like nine. You know, like something like that. So um, it's up there. I, it's uh, like a seven yeah. on the scale. We'll put that game at a seven. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. I like cool. It. So that's that yeah. One, I'll take that as one of mine. One I was eyeing. Absolutely. Uh, it's also funny. The Ravens play the Bucks. They traveled to Tampa this week, and Tampa's missing like their entire secondary. <laughs> their in, their entire roster is hurt. Yeah, oh, so that'll be man. great. So we got we got Bengals Browns, which I put like on a nine. Like with where okay. the Browns are, and I put that on nine out of ten on the if it were to come to fruition, what the hell outcome? Bears Cowboys seven and a half. What's your number on that one? For you, yeah i i would I would probably give it a I would probably give it an eight just because of how well um, the Cowboys' defense was played. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I still I still have absolutely no belief in the Bears and and their offense. Um, so I don't like expect them to like continue it. But if they did against that defense, yeah, I think it'd be an eight for me. Okay, I like it. Um, boy, I got my eye on a couple more. Uh, I'll do mine, and then we'll we'll look at the ones we skipped over. I- all right. I really think Titans traveling to Houston to play the Texans has some potential here. Ooh. Texans Ooh. are one and four. Titans just won a huge division game. You know, Vrabel's in the tunnel, giving hugs and crying. Oh, he's, four and he's, two. Just, he's just one of the he's just one of the boys, Mike Vrabel. Laying it you on know, he's thick. just one of the guys out there. Yep, Vrabes, man. Laying it on thick. That's what <laughs> he does. God, I just want my coach to have that emotion. But yeah, man, Texans at home. Do for a game to put together Titans sleepwalking into Houston for that game. If it was one o'clock, I'd feel really good about it. It's a four o'clock kick. So a little bit of a heightened sense of uh, importance when you get into the four o'clock slate for some whatever reason. So, but I'm still taking it. I'm giving it like an eight and a half on the weird scale. This is not a, listen, folks, Jordan, I even talk about this pre free pre-show. We're doing this on the fly. One to tenning the weird scale. Maybe we're a little too high on these weird scale things because there's a lot of uh, wiggle room on some of these uh, these games. But I'm going eight and a half where I would if the you know what? No, I'm thinking this through right now. Jordan. I wouldn't be that surprised. So I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm going to say like a six. I It would okay. be a what the hell, but it wouldn't be like, a oh, my God, for real. Yeah. So 
I'm going to six, but that's one in four Texans beating the two, the four and two Titans coming off a huge win. Um, you know, uh, as I'm looking at the, at the schedule, tickets as low as $20, cheapest game of the week. If you want to go uh, and just witness it in person, you can get a $20 ticket. Go sit in the upper deck at, uh, at Energy Stadium. So, um, I can't imagine many tickets are very expensive in that stadium. Right I can't imagine many people will be in attendance at that game. Um, the other one that sort of just catches my eye. Now, I don't know what level of, of weirdness this would be because maybe it wouldn't be incredibly surprising, but like, I pretty much think the Cardinals stink. <laughs> like I'm, I'm on the Cardinals stink train mm-hmm. now. I don't know if I believe in Minnesota either, but they at least have shown over the past few seasons some consistency during the regular season of being a competent football team. The game is in Minnesota. They play well at home. That's a tough place to play. But like, here's Minnesota's last if- four wins. You ready? Yeah, no, Detroit, I am ready. I'm ready. Detroit, to hear this. yeah, Detroit, yep. New Orleans, Chicago, Miami, Miami yep. with uh, yeah, yeah, no quarterback. Yeah. So yeah, you're no, right. They are probably the frauds. They're probably frauds. Um, but like, I could also just see. I mean, Kyler Murray was looking at DeAndre Hopkins literally every single snap. <laughs> he was so thrilled to have him back last week that I could just see, you know, a couple of deep bombs going to Hopkins. Um, they might not even be well thrown. They they could be underthrown, but him just like having a day like that because Kyler's just gonna look for him all the time. Um and I, I could see the Cardinals just like weirdly having a big game and like destroying the Vikings. And that would be that'd be up there on the weird scale for me. That would that would maybe be that would hit a seven for me, I think, because I think you just expect Minnesota at home um against an Arizona team that's been pretty bad most of the season, especially offensively. Um yeah, that, that one sticks out to me a little bit. So I, I would give it like maybe six and a half, seven there. I like it. I like it. Those are those are good ones. Others that I have my eye on, um, Dolphins four and three travel to the one and five Lions. I don't think Miami's very real. So it wouldn't it would be a it would be a game, it'd be probably like a four and a half for me. Like I would not be surprised if the fighting Dan Campbells uh figure that one out. Man. Um but uh that one is interesting. We got our eye on you. The biggest what the hell game that I didn't pick because I don't think it's going to end up happening would be Pittsburgh in Philadelphia. Two and five Pittsburgh travels to play the Eagles. Yeah. On a one o'clock game. That's got some sleeper potential where the sea, where the Eagles are just coasting through and uh, Ken, Kenny Burger King hands finds a way to fit a couple <laughs> throws into to, uh, Pickens or something. I, I That one, you got our attention. Okay, on, on the weird scale, weird scale. Also, it wouldn't be weird because you're saying Aaron Rodgers winning a game wouldn't be weird. But the only other one I was looking at is Packers uh, travel to the Bills for that Sunday night football game, and it would be yeah. the way the Packers have been dismantling themselves. It would be weird for them to win that game, given how hot Buffalo's been. Buffalo's coming off the bye too, right? I think they are. They are so, coming off a bye. Yes, so they'll be well rested, ready to go. Um, but yeah, that's one of those where you could just see, like you know. Aaron Rodgers having one of those Aaron Rodgers games. Um, and it, it, would be, it, would still, it would be up there. Two and five. I couldn't. Tell I don't know, man. Lose this game. They would be two and five. They've gone 13 and three, 13 and four, 13, and three. They went six and nine in 2018. What the hell happened in 2018? I don't even remember. I don't remember. I don't even remember 2018. I don't know anything. What that happened, happened that in 2018? Year? I they... blacked out that year. <laughs> They were, but they never got to three and five. They're three, four, and one. So I don't remember them at all in 2018 being that bad. Then they were, these are the end of the McCarthy era stuff. Yeah, that's right. 
So before oh, yeah. McCarthy got fired, they went seven and nine. Boy, they have yeah. It's been a long time since they've been truly miserable. Three and five. I can't find it. I'm scrolling back. I'm six and ten in two thousand eight, where they started. They started four and four. Yeah, man, they're teetering on the brink of one of the worst starts in this uh, calendar. Or sorry, this decade. Or God, what is this? A century? This is a century. Four and twelve. Two thousand five. They went one and seven to start the year. That's 2005. Brett Favre. I, uh, is that his last year? I think it was his last year. As a, a final a final note on this site, because I was looking this up um, last week, but both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are currently sporting their lowest QBRs of their careers as uh, as as starters. So seasons that they they were the the number one QB and, and played more than you know a couple games in, in mop up duty. They they both currently have their lowest QBRs of their entire career, which is mind boggling. Stock down on the quarterbacks can play forever people, right? Time, Stock time sell, down. Time to sell that uh that quarterbacks the rules will save you. The quarterbacks will play for until they're fifty, right? You know, they can keep playing Stock down, man. Eventually, it just gets to be too much, man. Why don't you guys just go on vacation? Like, yeah, go, vacation. go hang out, T- hang out with your children, Tom. Yeah, Thomas do Brady, some, do something yeah. different. Whatever Aaron does, go get you know some acid trips or <laughs> whatever you do, man. You do you, brother. But I don't know that the NFL is for these guys anymore. I just like that. Why? It's not fun. It's not fun for them. Anyway, we've gone an hour. This is a fun show. I like doing the weirdness scale this year. We're gonna keep doing that. We're going to keep talking about Danger Zone, Russell Wilson, Broncos country, shamefully looking away, walking away, peeking back. Let's ride. I couldn't. All time. I cannot say, listen, oh, man, I'm now I'm thinking about it. I want to rank these things. The, the, the Dangerous um, Subway commercial, the first one, not even the second one that has been just stupid. The first one where he's just eating that sub talking. I'm telling you, bro, I laughed. For a five-minute window of time in my life, I laughed at that. Things were all good back then, man. You know, vibes oh, were still man. high. Season hadn't started yet. You know, they were they were feeling good. That was happy Russ. Um, the, the, KJ the commercials Hamler. are going to get darker. <laughs> They're going to get KJ darker The KJ Hamler here. helmet throw press conference where he's still in his full uniform. And there he's at <laughs> his lowest point in a Bronco uniform. And he still has the guile to say, Broncos country with the most shameful walking away, looking at the side of his eye. Should I say this? Like the computer's malfunctioning. He's twitching. Let's ride. It was, I need you to find it if you guys haven't found it because it is a 12 out of 10 on the unintentional funny scale. It is. We should, uh, awesome. we should absolutely, awesome. uh, we I should, should put the sound rank. in this. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm, I love you guys so much. I'm not doing this for Jordan and I because I can't do it live. I'm going to find that sound bit and put it in right now. You believe it in. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Broncos country. That's right. You guys just heard it. I hope you laughed at it as hard as I did. Let's put it that way. We hope you laughed <laughs> and at as it we, as hard uh, as I did. As we get into the you know last like fourth of the season, we should absolutely rank uh, Russell Wilson moments because there's going to be more, uh, and we should absolutely do a ranking of them as we kind of get to the season, regular season's end. We, we absolutely have to. I'm in on it. It's going to be a huge bit for us. Weird scale games, and then – um we found our we found our stride here russell wilson shouts out to you brother for, for giving good, us a yeah. chance to laugh at your uh expense so jordan you're the man dude thanks for hanging out and uh giving us some some good nfl banter and always appreciate your perspective on the browns so we'll keep coming to you every week for that dude thanks yeah man anytime always a pleasure coming on so appreciate you having me 
All right, that's a wrap. Huge shout out to Jordan, who you guys know I appreciate taking his time to do the show, and I appreciate you guys for stopping by and hanging out, listening to this around the NFL stuff, humoring me maybe. Some of you might like it, maybe maybe not. Haven't gotten much feedback on it, but I try to it's good to take a break, especially this season, and talk about some other things, a little bit of Browns, but more other things around the league that we all care so much about. So I'm enjoying it. Hopefully you guys are too. Have a fantastic Thursday. I hope you are all doing well this week. Uh, Like I said, keep continuing to have a great week. Check back in tomorrow as we'll have on John Colosimo for our usual Friday episode. Until then, have a great day, guys. Go Browns.